What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 73 of the No Mercy podcast, episode five of the Conspiracy Editions. If you didn't listen to the first four, what the fuck are you doing? Go back. They're not time sensitive. Uh, you could listen to them at any time. So climate change, Greta Thunberg, Epstein, the Clintons, Michelle Obama, 9-11, moon landing, robots taking over the fucking world. You name it, we've covered it on those first four podcasts. And we're going to keep it going. And I promised you when we started these conspiracy podcasts that we were going to keep them coming basically every week for you. And we were going to start bringing some guests on. So I got a long list of people I want to start sprinkling into this show. Larry Johnson was the first one. He was the guest today. Absolute monster. You guys know him from the NFL. One of the best running backs ever to play. Back-to-back 1,700-yard rushing seasons. Two-time pro bowler. Chief single-season rushing leader. But he's been making waves all over the news, all over the media, for a lot of the stuff he's been saying online, which falls more in line with the conspiracy stuff. So he's a perfect guest for us. Falls into the sports lane and the conspiracy lane. Talking about the feminization of of the male athlete right now. Talking about Satanism, pedophilia. We talked some football. We talked about the Chiefs. We talked about OBJ, Cam Newton, everything you could have covered with Larry, we covered in this hour. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by EliteFantasy.com. EliteFantasy.com is your one-stop shop for killer DFS advice. If you guys are playing on FanDuel or DraftKings, make sure to get over to EliteFantasy.com, sign up, walk you through everything from tools, uh, optimizers, articles, videos. I do live streams over there. Uh, everything you want, we got it. Promo code LJ20. LJ20 will get you 20% off. And EliteSportsBetting.com. So for those gamblers out there, sign up at EliteSportsBetting.com. We got everything from hockey to esports to MMA, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, golf. You name it, we got it. Smashing the world over there at Elite Sports Betting. So uh, LJ20, 20% off over there too. We got daily passes, weekly passes, VIP passes. So get over there, EliteSportsBetting.com and EliteFantasy.com. Follow all of us on Twitter. Follow Larry at 2LarryJohnson7. Follow me at TommyG. And follow the podcast at No Mercy Pod. Go down, subscribe, download, give us a review. I'm done fucking talking. Let's get to the show. Hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 73 of the No Mercy podcast. This is the fifth conspiracy edition. We started off football. We're venturing more into conspiracy than ever before. And I wanted to bring on someone today. I've been dragging you guys through the NFL, DFS, fantasy universe, gambling universe. That's how we started this for the last year. But over the last month or two, we've gotten deep into conspiracy stuff. And I started to walk you guys along little by little, 9-11, moon landing, the Obamas, the Clintons. And we've touched on some of the kind of darker stuff, the Satanism, the feminization of the male athlete, pedophilia. And I ran into Tony Richardson, a friend of mine, and I ran into Larry Johnson's Twitter. And I asked him, you know Larry Johnson? And he said, yes, that's my boy. That's my brother. And I started following him heavy. Larry's deep, deep into this stuff, probably knows more about this stuff than any of you listeners, any of us on here. So he's the right guy to bring up right now to wake you guys up. For those of you that don't know, Penn State, superstar running back, broke every record over there. First and second highest season rushing total for the Kansas City Chiefs. Back-to-back 1,700-yard rushing seasons. Back-to-back 2,000-yard total yard seasons. Two-time pro bowler. Everything you can do on a football field, this man did. And now he's breaking into uh, a lot of the 
conspiracy type stuff, which Larry, first of all, welcome at to Larry Johnson seven on Twitter. Make sure you give this man a follow. But thank you for coming on, my dude. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Let's see. We went through uh, Tony Richardson. My uh, he's actually my child's godfather. So it's funny that you you, re you reached out to Tony. It, it was so odd because we were hanging out, we were watching the fights, and I was just talking. I was like, "You played with Larry, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's that's my son. That's my brother." He's like, "That's that's family to me." And I told him because about the conspiracy stuff. I'm like, "Yo, he's woke. He's he's based. He knows what's going on." He's like, "You should reach out to him." And he connected us. So thanks to Tony for for getting you on here, and thanks for you to coming on. But you you you've had a pretty hectic couple months, huh? Uh, it's not that hectic to me. If you're spiritually grounded, you kind of understand and know that when the truth is coming out, you're going to be a lot of naysayers, you know, backbiters, people who won't believe because they're trapped in a system and they're, they're, their mind is trained to not believe and see things other than what the satanic matrix has shown them so far. And, and so is this something that, because I've, I've stumbled across you over the last few months, right? I, it seems like over the last few months you've gotten pretty heavy with a lot of the tweets and really being a, a, a pioneer for this. The, those of us that believe in this stuff respect you and, and look up to you at this point. But is this something that you've believed for a while? Is this what, what made you just kind of come out recently or have you been talking about this for a while and I just missed it? Uh, I've been I've been kind of internalizing a lot of it. I knew something was going on. I just didn't know, couldn't put my finger on it. I've always been somebody who Never had any, not only to say I don't have respect for authority, but I'm just somebody who doesn't take uh, the first appearance of things as truth. You know, I like mm -hmm. to dig a little bit into what people are saying. And when you listen over time and observe as much as I do, you see certain things don't add up to what people are saying. And, and you start seeing, I was being able to graduate from, a, from Penn State with a graphic arts design, design. I know how symbolism goes. I know right. how it's supposed to how the image is supposed to transcend, you know, the language. So understanding that, I started seeing symbols and signs a little bit too much. And then I looked in my own life and seeing the things that I was representing as well, kind of, you know, fooled over to me really just being spiritually awakened and turning my life back over to God and actually finding my faith and kind of and kind of praying for wisdom and and understanding and seeing things a lot differently now than I have when I was playing. And that's the big thing that I want to do here, because when, when I saw, I went through this on some level, not on a much lower level, but trying to transition from being a daily fantasy guy with a radio show talking sports and gambling all day to trying to let my thoughts come out to the public and to my followers and to a big, you know, I felt like I had an obligation once you get a platform to start waking people up and let them see what's going on. So on this, what I really want to do with you on this podcast for as, le as long as this goes I want you to be able to voice your opinions, clear the air. We're going to get into some of the drama, some of the nonsense, some of the trolls and some of the stuff people have been saying to you so you can actually put your side out, not in the 280 characters or some shit. But I also want to kind of teach the listeners about some of this stuff. So when you talk about the Satanism, when you talk about some of the signage, I'll probably follow up with some questions so you can kind of educate these people yeah. on what's really out there. But before we get into all that, I just want to talk about kind of your life after football. You know, you were on the top of the mountain. Like, you were the it guy in the NFL. You were hanging out with Jay-Z, going to parties with them. Uh, every hot chick that was out there, you were talking to, taking pictures with, covers of magazines, all that. So what was it like to go from being there to just no longer being a football player, being a regular dude, having to transition maybe into a different area of life? Like, how did that process go for you? 
it was a tough transition, especially when your ego and pride is attached to who you were when you were at the very top. So when you fall from grace, uh, it's an awakening experience. It's something that no one really prepares you for. Of course, they tell you, oh, save your money, do this, do that, you know, do a a career afterwards. But nothing's going to ever fulfill your desire and love as much as football did because that became a part of my reality. It became part of my history, part of my DNA. So not playing football no more and also being mentioned and talked about in football conversations, it, it hurts you a little bit because you you go from being talked about to everybody's talking about you, you know, in a negative way. So it was kind of a struggle for me, uh, like from a point when I didn't know where I wanted to go or where I wanted to be. So I I retreated into club life. I retreated to going out every night. And, you know, I had a daughter. I was still going out. Like I was, I was basically a functioning alcoholic i was functioning drinking all the time and then going out spending all night in the clubs and being in miami i mean clubs don't shut down yes. right here so you in the club till 24 hours you in the clubs you know till six seven in the morning you sleep all day you know it was a depression kind of sense of sadness to have it set in and that you really don't know what you want to do with your life because you're there's a hole that's it's hard to you know fill when you know you don't longer have football and so I turned myself around three or four years, went to therapy, uh, took it serious. And the more I started hearing myself speak, the more I knew where my my trouble areas were. And then most of it had to do with my childhood and then playing football for so long. You know, it just it really it really changed. It really modified my emotions and my senses it really dulled myself as far as I always reacted out of anger. I was he reacted like I was on the football field still and not reacting as a person walking around in society. So I had to really detox myself from that understanding and detox myself from that environment of thinking, of thinking like, hey, I don't have to handle everything like I'm handling a linebacker or a defensive back coming off a, a fire, you know, a corner blitz and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just happened to be a moment where I just dropped down on my knees ask Yah for, I say, if I say Yah, it's because it means God, but I'm saying the Hebrew version of his name. Um, I got down on my knees and praised Yah and and basically turned my life over, got re-baptized, and it's been a blessing ever since. Ever since then, I've been able to see things clearly. I've been able to see things with a whole new different vision that I've ever seen before. You know, I always had my football vision, but you have vision from the spiritual sense. Like, it's a whole new different ballgame. You see things a lot different. Was there? I mean, I went through something similar on a on a lesser scale. But was there a was there a moment? Was there like a night where you woke up all fucked up after a three day bender? Was there a situation that was there a moment that kind of woke you up, or was it just kind of a gradual progression? To get it was to where a gradual going? progression, man. I'm telling you, when I talk about, I try to take, I try to find the answers through every bottle, through every woman, through every club. Right. I really went there, and I was a part person. You see me run. And you see me handle 416 carries, you know, imagine those carries transferred metaphorically into my club life of trying right. to find a reason. Like I went that hard and it came to a point where it was just when I felt like I was going to lose my soul. I, that's when I stopped. I felt like I was going to lose everything, uh, lose the relationship with my daughter. I, when I thought I was going to lose these things, that's what scared me back, that I could lose everything. And that's when I kind of started reevaluating a lot of things. And, w- and was this, you know, when you go through a transition like that, you were talking about how you had a lot of thoughts and a lot of things. Whenever you go through any type of spiritual, physical, mental transition, you know, your mind plays tricks on you a little bit, right? Like you're old. You probably look back at 
old interviews of yourself going, that's not even me, right? Like it's, it's hard to even differentiate, uh, you know, you then from to you now. So when did it get to a point where you started to say, I feel this stuff inside, I've found myself, I've found God, I know my path, I know my mission, I know my purpose, but now I need to start vocalizing this, whether it's on Twitter or in interviews, like what made that come about and how recently was that? Uh, I think it, it really came about, I want to say maybe a year or two ago. And I was thinking like how I left off when I came back on Twitter, I was like really trying to, I don't know, make a, a statement, but I didn't know what I was trying to make it. And it was when the, all these uh, police shootings were going on. I didn't know what I wanted to say. So when I wanted to reinsert myself in the Kansas city fan base, I basically came out and started saying, this is why I left off on a, a salty note. This is why you guys portray me this way is because this is what I was feeling inside. This is what I was dealing with. And I think once I started there, they kind of could understand what I was going through. And then when I was younger, making mistakes, and then obviously people don't believe you if you don't, if you don't put forth the fruit that's showing that you have changed, you have made some type of progress. So I would tell them the things I'm doing with the motivational edge uh, what I'm doing in other kids' lives and doing it in my own life and then being vocal about it. I was always a person who was very quiet. So you didn't know what you was going to get from me, but you would just hear it in news news media outlets. So you never knew how to how I, how you would take my progress if I was progressing or if I wasn't. So now being vocal about it, you know, a couple of years ago, people started, you know, coming back and, oh man, we like, we loved you. Like we understand. And that's when I started being a little bit more vocal about my downfall and my rise at the same time. So once that started, I kind of started again going, you know, searching for further, further into knowledge and an understanding of, you know, worldly issues, and that's where I came upon the awakening of this this moment. Yeah, and it's kind of cathartic, right? Like to get to that point where you could start speaking your mind, even if you're vulnerable, you know, to be able to go out there and let it out, right? And that's what I did. I think I, I think social media is funny, and the trolls are funny <laughs> because. They don't understand. I've been throwing myself under the bus. Like I've lived through the times. This is by me before Twitter, right when Twitter was happening. I was living in times where I was getting arrested and being able to come back and stand in front of people and say, I apologize for what I've done. I've been, I've really, I did a, uh, for headline, headline news, uh, I think it's a, it's a CNN affiliate. I did a, a panel about the domestic violence, violence against women. I've done, you know, more good morning America segments where I was talking about how I was violent and I was violent only with women when I was drinking and all that. Like I, I throw myself under the bus. Right. So, so I think the most high he's prepared me for this, th this kind of trolling society that we evolve ourselves in where people just mock you, whatever, whatever you go through and just throw your past in your face. I've been preparing for this. So I, I have very, very thick skin uh, since then. And, and as far as, you know, for those people who, as I said earlier, follow Larry on Twitter to Larry Johnson seven, um, won't take you long to go through the tweets and kind of see where Larry's coming from. But a lot of the stuff you're saying for a regular person, when I say regular person, I mean, someone who hasn't done the thousand hours of research that we've done. A lot of people think like, I, I hate the term conspiracy theorist, right? Like, I feel like it's like a scarlet letter. Like they all of a sudden think you're crazy and that you're nuts and you think Bigfoot's living in your basement and shit. So it's, we get attacked a lot, those of us that, you know, kind of question the narrative, right? And just look deeper into what's going on. What has been the reaction to some of the stuff you've been talking about as far as the Satanism and all that from other NFL players? Have you seen that they've moved away from you? Have some of them come towards you? You know, what's been the reaction to your former teammates and players in the league? I don't really call it conspiracy theory myself. I call it coincidence theory. 
because I, I add up the coincidences that yes, that's how I see it. When yep. you hear conspiracy, it already they're already trapped in the system that turns their minds off to it. So yep. I think the coincidence that this happens, and the more and more they I the coincidence, they don't their brain slowly draws it together. But I don't know. I don't really check comments. I don't really check Twitter as much as I used to. Because if people just say really off the wall stuff, and I know they do it to get a rise out of got out of they do it because they're miserable. To start an argument. So mostly, mostly I just I just tweet. What I say is not really to be to entertain as it used to be entertainment. What I say is the truth, which means if I if I tweet it, which means I I wholeheartedly feel this way and wholeheartedly did the research. And people don't understand. Like I don't just tweet out of nowhere. Like I tweet, delete it, tweet, delete it, tweet, put it in a draft, bring it back out, delete it. Mm-hmm. Retweak it, retweak it. I don't. What you hear, what you t- see me tweet, it's all very, well thought very meticulously out. thought out. So I don't get come off wrong. Even the times where it, it looks like I am, I'm still being really meticulous about how I come off to people. So football players, I don't know. They're trapped in the system where they want to make money. And other guys who are in the football, who retire from football, they just making podcasts. I don't know why they have right. podcasts, but they're having podcasts talking like every other retired football player. Like we don't really need to hear your insights. Being retired, we already we we can watch NFL football, right. NFL Network. You're hearing the real deal. So, people kind of moved away from me. Not just you know football players, but fans, friends of mine, family. Everybody kind of moved away from me because they it's what I'm talking about. It may sound crazy if you don't understand it, but they're in a part in their lives where the Most High just didn't give them understanding to see what I'm talking about. Maybe He will down the line, and then people will come back. Oh man, you were right all along, but we haven't reached that part yet. It's it's funny because I've kind of, I've been into this stuff forever. Like I've always questioned every narrative and dove deep into every scenario, whether it's the Vegas shooting or whether Greta Thunberg or nine eleven, you know, the moon landing, anything that goes on, I question it, right? Especially when the government and the media is trying to shove shit down our throat and just make us believe it. And like you said, the the best point I think you made was when the coincidences get too much, right? Like one or two, okay, maybe it's something. But when there's five, six, seven, eight, ten coincidence, and then you notice a pattern. And a track record of every time there's something going on, a false flag or some fake news, it's it's the same process, right? And that's that's why when you're talking, like you came out the gate, I respect the hell out of it, but you came out the gate right at Satanism, right? And what I've been trying to do on this podcast is build people up. Like, let's start with something simple like Epstein, okay? You could see and let them absorb it and digest it. And, all right, let's move to 9-11. Let's move to this and trying to work them up. You came right out the gate guns blazing, with the Satanism stuff. So, you know, that's, I think, what made it a little tougher on you. And that's probably what's most commendable about what you're doing. You're going right for that the snake's head, no pun intended. Yeah, for me, I'm like, I felt there was enough people who already could understand what I was talking about, but I'm not trying to sugar, sugarcoat it for anybody. I'm not going to try to tickle your ears. I'm not trying to gain popularity out of this. And I told people when I was on Twitter, I'm not here to gain followers. I mean, you told I'm, me that. I'm here, the to first, lose them. I'm, the, I'm here to lose followers because if, if I could duel it down to wake it up, maybe three or four people in my lifetime, I felt like I've done a, a good service. I'm not here to convince everybody or argue why I see things the way I see it. Is it if you want to see it or you don't, you do the research yourself, which is what I did. I did the research myself. I didn't even have anybody tell me, hey, look at this website, look at that website. It was just a progression where I sat six months studying, going from one conspiracy theory to the other into hip hop into and I that's how I came back to actually following Yah because I was going through hip hop <laughs> Illuminati conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and it led me all the way through right back to the most high. And so no one can give me that type of spiritual discernment 
but him. So when I say things, I'm not doing it to, to start an argument or even to be upset saying like, oh, you, you just wish you, you know, you just want attention again. This ain't, this ain't, the, if I wanted attention, trust me, this is not the subject or the, 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 the tweets to get me popularity. It's not something that right. you want to, to be popular for. And, and it's funny. I was, I was going to jump in and tell you, like, I could say that firsthand. I remember when we first spoke, I was like, yo, if you want, I could shout you out on this and I'll tell my followers to follow you. And your response was, I don't give a shit about followers. I don't care about any of that. Like, I just, I'm just speaking my mind. And if people listen, they listen. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was one of the things I respected. And there is a lot of, I don't know where to start, right? Because there's so many things. They all do tie together. I think that's what people don't understand. The elite pedophilia, the Catholic church, the Satanism, the feminization. They're all really one big thing in like little tentacles, right? Like the center of the octopus. So it's tough to figure out where to start that. So before we even get into that, I want to start about a couple of the things. Some of these questions might be tough questions. You might not want to answer them. But there's a couple of things that have gone on on Twitter where it seems like you believe your tweets were misinterpreted. And I want to at least give you a chance to kind of, you know, say your side of it. But yeah. the one that I just saw recently was the tweet uh, when you were talking about, uh, what's that, Meg? I forget her name, Hot Girl, Summer Girl, whatever her name is. Yeah, Meg and, or whatever. Right, whatever the hell it is. And then uh, you mentioned something like, listen, I've done better than you. I had Maya, I had Chili, you know, I had Julissa, I had Dre. Like, and then everyone started coming at you, oh, look at LJ, he's bragging because he got laid back in the day. And, and I don't think that's where you were coming from, right? No, I mean, obviously, come on. Like, these are the women I dated. I was, I was engaged to one. Like, I seriously dated these women. And the thing is, I, didn't, I don't see things from a carnal or flesh perspective. I see things from a spiritual level of everything. So when I mentioned those girls saying better, I basically mean every girl that I've dated that's been in the entertainment industry has never stuck their tongue out and did devil horns. None of these women have ever wore any skimply scattered outfits and just always on social media showing their ass dancing and rapping. Like even the people who could sing, they never did that. Like they were very, very to themselves, very independent. They didn't need the system as much as they could have easily sold out and, and did things, the, you know, the sellout way, which is blood sacrifice, you know, always doing the devil horns and everything. They could have easily bounced back and done things. But they, the women I was with at the time in the entertainment industry has never did that. And I respected them for that. People think, oh, I'm just bragging about I had sex with them. Like, obviously, you know, I dated them. I, of course, I had sex with right. them. But I'm saying those type of women was the women that are way better than some of the women that are now because they think they're trying to confuse younger women and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed because I got my record deal and all that. But you change who you were. You, you're, you're saying things and doing things that's representing a satanic agenda that's been in music forever. And, and it's and it's it's seeped into everything: music, videos, Hollywood. I mean, everything from commercials to we'll talk about this drag queen stuff, that drag queen stories and all that. We'll get to that. But the, another tweet, another and it's actually not necessarily tweet, but some stuff that I've seen. Right, you used to hang with Jay Z tight, like you guys were like it seemed like family back then, right? And you come out a lot talking about a lot of the heads of you know Illuminati stuff, satanic stuff. Jay Z's obviously one of the biggest figureheads in the rap game, so. Some people may come at you and say, isn't that hypocritical? Like, you ran in these circles. Like, weren't you a part of that back then? And now you're coming out saying, here's what's going on. Like, give, give your side to that. Well, I mean, it, it sounds stupid when people can label and put and try to pigeonhole your, your growth. I mean, at one point, we thought one plus one was three. But we were taught, no, it's two. 
So basically, that's how my growth is going. If I've done it back then, it's because I was spiritually blinded to this mess. I didn't know what was going on. I'm thought I'm thinking it was a it was for the rock symbol, not knowing anything else more than that. And that's who I hung around with. And at the same time, I've hung around with her, him, and B B before. And not everyone once have I seen them flash the devil horn as much as they do it now, the three six six OK sign as much as they do it now. Even the music wasn't really. It really didn't transfer over to as what it is now, which is very satanic and mocking the Bible, mocking God. Like that wasn't happening when I was around them. Yeah, you talked about Illuminati here and there, but it wasn't enough to like for me to put my finger on it. Like, oh, he's he's one of you know the devil's you know puppets. But now when I look at it and see more and more how they progressed into that behavior, then yeah, they are doing the devil. They being puppets for the devil. I don't care how many times they mention their bosses. They're not bosses to me. They're puppets. They're being told to, you got to sell this to the people to get them on your side. You got to dress and act like this. Your music videos, you have to low key, make it subliminally about idol worship. You got to make it about the Babylonian gods, Ishtar, some Samaramis. Like people don't understand these things because they just see, oh, oh, it's so colorful and art, or, you know, artistic. It's not. It's all done, paid for by the people who run them. And as someone who studied symbolism, I've been obsessed with this shit going back to literally middle school. I've been I've been obsessed with all kind of hidden symbols and stuff like that. And I know what you're talking about. I know everything. And we'll go a little deeper into the different types of symbols that you could see. So the listeners here who this is kind of their first exposure to it going, what the fuck are we talking about? They could start looking for it. They could start looking for the OK sign, the goat heads, you know, things like that. But one thing I've noticed is what you just said. Why is it? Why do you think? It's so much more blatant now than it's ever been. Why all of a sudden it seems like over the last, I don't know, five, six years, this shit is, I thought it was maybe just because I'm more aware of it and I'm getting, you know, more enlightened as I get older. But I mean, this shit is just straight up blatant right now. What's the, what's going on? Why is the last five years is it's ramped up to the point where it's everywhere? Because people, most people don't read the Bible, don't biblically, it spells this out. It said the devil knows his time is short. So you see, you know, this is ramping up. It's ramping up for the Antichrist to come on, come on stage and be accepted. All of this was going on. You think they care about a measly 20,000, 30,000 people who find out, even 100,000, no, maybe no. a million. But you take away uh, up to billions of people who follow this, this system. You think they care about us? They don't care about us. They put it in our face, just let you know we can do it. And the more and more we speak... We don't stop it. We just basically trying to save maybe four or five people here and there, maybe 20, maybe 30. But they have millions, up to 100 millions, up to billions of people who follow and will die and will fight to stay in the system. And that's that's the reality of it. That's why it's in our face now. They, it's pretty sure if they had a, a blood sacrifice in front of our eyes on live television, we wouldn't even be able to do anything about it. We would sit yep. there and be complaining on Twitter and the people would be like, oh, it's just artistic. They didn't really do that. Yep. This yep. is where we at right now. There's the shit I talk about every day on this podcast. Every time we do it, I'm like, you're seeing it and you're ignoring it. Like even shit like Epstein, like you're seeing a dude right here who basically all the points are there. Everyone knew he was going to get killed. Everyone knew he wasn't making it to trial. It's all right in front of your face. And you're still just like, oh, that was news today. And tomorrow you go back to your fucking Instagram and go back to your normal life. It's like they're numb to it. And that's probably the most frustrating thing for people like us who are trying to wake people up. But like when even something like Kanye, like what's your take on Kanye? Kanye just came out the other day and said Satan runs L.A. And that was a, a big controversy. A lot of people tweeted about it for a few days. What's your take on him? 
It's what they told him to do. Now, mind you, if we're waking up, they have to stay 10 steps in front of the awakening. So if we know, and we've been commenting the whole time that Hollywood has had satanic agendas since the, its creation, then you know that they're waiting to have their puppet to say it out of their mouth so we can get mad at him. So you see the dummy's going to get mad at him and say, no, 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 no. So it, it, that's, it kind of, it, it, they're, they're using our awakening against us by coming out and saying it first and using select people who always get the, the trolling for saying stupid stuff. So you use somebody who's dumb, who's been saying dumb stuff, like with Trump and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. You say him, get him to say dumb shit, and then he'll go out and say, oh, Hollywood's swimming with devils. People attack him for it, but he's telling the truth. But he'll attack it for him. So it subliminally goes in your mind and goes out of your mind. He'd be like, okay, it's whatever. And the reason why he's doing that, so he can hype you up to, to take over the, the church, which is also in the Bible of the apostasy that was the great falling away from the church. He is tagging Baptist black Christian churches. That is his that is his thing. They are the most easy, most corruptible church to attack because all you have to do is dance a little bit and throw a concert in front of them and they think that's worshiping God. It is not. It's all attacking the church right now. And this is what you'll see. You see Justin Bieber do it with Hillsong. Mm-hmm. You see Snoop did it with gospel yep. too. So yep. now you're going to see an attack on the church because this is what they're preparing for is to tear up Christianity is what uh, Pike Pike has done, as has mentioned in his own notes and, and books, that to take over this world is to kill religion and start at Christianity first. So Kanye, for people out there who don't know, controlled opposition, that's what I refer to him as. Yeah. Right? And that's exactly what you described. What they yeah. do is they take someone, exactly like you just said it, they take someone, they make them present the other side of the argument and then turn them fucking batshit so that the next people, the Larry Johnson or anyone else who comes after, who's making the same points but good points, they're going, Kanye did that, and he's batshit crazy. Now he's in an insane asylum. So we can't believe anyone from this point on. So it's a, it's a patented technique and a patented move, and, uh, and you nailed it right on the head with that. You're talking about, you know, we were talking about the, the Jay-Z and all the rappers and all this. You've also come out a lot with the churches, as you just mentioned. Um, something that gets brushed under the rug is the increased AIDS rate amongst Catholic priests. No one wants to talk about this shit. No one even mentions it. I mentioned it to a girl I'm talking to the other day. She had no fucking idea what was going on. The fact that we know these Catholic priests have been raping children for decades. It's a joke. It's literally like skits on fucking Saturday Night Live. They're, they're making jokes about this shit. And everyone just kind of just moves past it. So talk to me a little bit deeper about the church. I've enlightened my people a little bit on a couple of the podcasts about the symbolism at the Pope's Hall, the snake's mouth the Vatican, the underground tombs, all that. But talk to me a little bit about the church and, and your opinions on that. See, people don't under, people don't do any history. People take their understanding what church and what Catholicism is from the time they were born and where they get it from maybe two or three generations before. If you really dug deep into the into the Catholicism, into like the Roman era when popes were, were really running things, you see the most disgusting stuff they would do to Christians and people who were, follow, who were messianics at the time. You would really follow and see the torture that they would make people do for not converting. You would see the, the, the killing, the raping, and these are coming from actual popes. Mm-hmm. You can go to Pope Benedict, I don't care how many popes, down the line, if you look up the, the, the medieval times of the, the acts they were doing, it's disgusting. They have a thing called Judas is something, and it was basically a temple that would ram into your anus, and you'd sit there and, and until it, it would just sit there until it kept getting inserted further and further. That's torture. They would take pliers, bats, 
anything. They took scourges, things that ripped part of your skin. And these people are supposed to be the holy people in Catholicism. You look at, you go deeper in that. Every movie that they have came out with has shined light on this. The movie Spotlight. They basically showed you what they do and how they just get shuffled around into different parishes and monasteries. Like you just see the church really going unhindered and nobody's really stepping up. People really blind faith to this type of stuff. And the Catholicism don't believe in reading the Bible. So people don't know what they're talking, don't even know what they're reading. They don't know anything. They say, well, it's about G baby Jesus and all that. No, it is not. It's poly, this poly, I can't even think, think the word it was, polytheism. It was something about, they they worship. Polytheism? The yeah, they, they worship the sun, the the moon and whatever like that. They don't worship Jesus and all that. And Mary, Mary shouldn't even be, it, it's just it's as backwards if you ask me. Because Mary at the time, Mary ain't, first of all, Mary ain't white. And baby Jesus ain't white. But they're what they're doing is they're worshiping sun gods. They do believe in sun worship. They're actually worshiping Samaramis, the Babylonian gods. And now they just changed the name of, of them. Just like in the Bible, they changed names of Paul, Mark. All those guys had black Hebrew names. They changed the they changed they changed the the books and stuff like that in the Bible. I mean, if you go back and forth, Catholicism, Catholicism actually created Christianity and a different other branch off to religions. And people, people don't investigate their own religion, which is sad to me. It, it's really sad. I mean, I, I would, you know, my, we, we've talked about it on a podcast before. As far as my religion, I don't identify with a certain religion. I don't say I'm Catholic. I don't say I'm Christian. Um, I don't even necessarily know what I believe in. I know by, I believe in a higher power. I know I believe in evil. I, I haven't even figured it out yet. And I'm not going to pretend like I did. But the one thing I do know is that when you dig into the Bible and when you dig into these stories, I mean, it's pretty much the same damn hero story in every single religion, just with a different name. Just replace Zeus for Jesus, replace this one for that one. And there's holes in all of it. And we're taught when we're kids, just, you know, ignore the holes. Just keep going. God has a plan. There's a reason for everything. And they just kind of brush past it. But the thing that freaks me out, though, is when you look at the symbolism that's just blatantly there. In these, I mean, whether it's the Denver airport, I don't know if you've looked into that at all, yeah. or you know the 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 reptile that's literally above the Pope when he gives his speeches. Like this symbolism is so blatantly in plain sight that I don't understand how people can't see it. Because people like the people like to believe in convenience, and their their beliefs are based on what's convenient for me. If 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 the religion say I can be gay and still serve, I'll I'll follow that religion. If it says I can just, you know. Do confession and all my sins are forgiven, and I'll do that then. But it's everybody does things based on how it's going to make them feel good and less guilty. Basically, right. that's the religions that people follow, and they keep coming out with more and more different types of religions. It's now this coexistence thing has to is coming about now. Like everybody's doing things for convenience, and no one wants to be offended. No one wants to go do any soul searching. It's everything is how to do a little bit, a little bit at a time and get the big reward for it. That's the blindness, the spiritual blindness that people are going through right now. It's funny, this, uh, the cognitive dissonance that goes on, you know, people just emotionally like gravitate towards certain things. But the curve fitting, I come from a stock trading background on Wall Street, and then I do a lot of daily fantasy, fantasy sports and that shit. But the curve fitting that goes on is exactly what you're talking about. You, you could do it in the NFL, right? If you want to decide if a player's hot right now or cold right now, well, you go back 10 carries and this running back's averaging two yards a carry. You go back 20 carries, he's averaging six because he broke off an 80-yard run. So if you want to make yourself believe that he's a hot running back right now, 
then you'd go back 20 carries. If you want to believe that you shouldn't play him in fantasy, you only go back 10. And you kind of fit the data to fit your personal narrative, right? Exactly. And it's, that's all it is. It's just it's just wherever you your mind wants to wake up to a certain things. Some people want to wake up to 1960. Some people's minds wake up in 1990. And that's where they gauge all their decision-making based on when times were good for them. Right. And, and so this dovetails into... Pretty much everything else that we're going to talk about, the main thing I want to talk to you about is the, you know, the effeminate athlete, right? The feminization of the male athlete. This is something that I've talked about and just being blunt between me and you, um, you're an African-American. I'm a white, I'm a white guy. I'm friends with Tony. We all are different, different races, but I can't speak on this. So the same way you have trouble speaking on stuff just because you get attacked by the religious nuts or whatever it is, I can't go out too hard and say, Cam Newton's, you know, call him Trans Newton, and saying he's dressing like a woman. I can't go after because people attack me as racist, right? Like, because I'm white, I can't have an opinion on anyone but a, a Caucasian male. So you to speak for it, I know we've talked about it a little bit. We're kind of on the same page. But I see this shit. I see Cam Newton wearing a scarf over his head. He's always dressed trendy. He's always been a little off the wall. But it's gotten batshit now What these Russell Westbrook, like all this stuff. Talk to me about what's going on with these male athletes, why they're all dressing like women. You got OBJ wearing like skirts to award shows and, you know, trying to hide his sexuality and make you wonder what's going on there. Talk to me about this, Mitch, because you've been talking a lot about this on Twitter. So go, uh, go, go, Basically, rant. if you understand back in slave era, the 17 and 1800s, they used to take the bigger, stronger slaves and in front of his family to emasculate them, used to rape the men. Yes, male Slave owners used to rape the stronger slaves in front of their family members to own them, to emasculate them, to let them know they weren't worth anything. They call it buck breaking. Now, if you look to, to nowadays, obviously, you know, we still in slavery, but it's in a different form. So you take a lot of these black athletes, black male athletes who come off strong, who come off as leaders. What's the, what's the way to buck break them? You make them be feminine. You make them put dresses on. You make them show that they're tight clothing. You miss. You make them. You make them appeal to the homosexual crowd. You make. That's how they break you. That's what they're. That's the, they're not only doing it for black athletes, but doing it to black actors too. They've been doing it to black actors. I think Dave Chappelle talked about a lot about that. They're trying to basically show you who runs what, and if you understand history in, in that sense of form then you would see like, oh, these guys are just not trendy or it's, it's, it's not just fashion. It's a, it's, a, it's a way to break you. And that's all they're doing. And guys with those larger contracts, you want to have commercials, you don't want to have success monetarily. How is a way to, 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 see, to show you your, your loyalty to us or loyalty to a satanic system? We break you by so, showing you you're a girl in front of, even if you're not, you have children and you're married, we'll show you you're, you, you're feminine in front of your own people. So a lot of people will say, who's they? Is there someone coming to OBJ's house and Cam's house saying you better dress like this or else you're out? Well, like you what look at you look at look at the look at who they hang out with. You see, you you see take Odell Beckham. He went from hanging with Trey Songs, hanging with Justin Bieber, then hanging with Drake. Now, if you know the music industry and how satanic that is, then you know you guilty by association. And if you <clears throat> you know what you're doing, and when I say they, to me it's always the devil. It's who runs this world at this point in time. People don't believe it, but that's who runs this world. So you you show, you'll see glimpses and examples of him doing everything he can do to blaspheme the Bible. Everything that 
God has made pure and wholesome in that Bible and the, or the truth, the devil is going to turn around and twist it and do the opposite of what it is. So he's going to put women, he's going to put men in female clothing. He's going to put men with men, women with women. This is what his world will do. And it's to push it now on the athletes is because we are being taken over by feminine energy. And what do you say to the people who say, oh, Larry Johnson is just anti-LGBTQ and he just hates gay people? Like, obviously, you've got, had to have gotten that shit because I get it. And so but you I, got, I don't understand that. If, I don't get if, it either. But I, I say whatever I want on Twitter. And I and this is the thing. You can't fire me. Uh, you're not losing any opportunities for me. And you haven't stopped my direct deposits yet. <laughs> so so what? So if I wanted to say I hated you, don't you think I would say it in a way that would really cripple you? But I'm not here to, to, to preach hate or tell you that I hate you. I'm telling I'm showing you there is an agenda going on that wasn't there when I was playing. That's what I'm showing. I'm showing there's a spiritual level of ignorance that's going on in this world that people aren't seeing. I'm not after the flesh of the LGBTQ community. I'm after the spirit that's behind that community that's pushing it. And, and that's the, the funny thing, because I get it all the time, too. So I know you have to get it 20 times about whatever I'm getting. But like you can't start talking about and this is what they do. It's kind of that controlled opposition on some level, right? Like you look at this girl, Greta Thunberg, right? Like I got no problem with Greta Thunberg. She's a puppet. She's a pawn. She's a Soros pawn or whatever to miss it. They've been doing this since the Nazis, having these little girls in pigtails. 1992, you had the young girl who gave the speech the same as Greta Thunberg about climate change. We're all going to die. The world's going to end. We need to stop fucking using plastic straws. You had it in the 70s. It's always been that because my friends would ask me, well, why is this young girl all over TV? I go, because you can't bash her. You take a young girl with pigtails who's kind of on the spectrum and you put her up there to speak about climate change or whatever the issue is, and if I go after her publicly... I'm now a horrible person and I got the whole world saying you're going after a young girl and she has she has autism and this, that and the other thing. It's kind of what they're doing with the with the LGBTQ, right? Like they're 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 feminizing all these athletes. They're feminizing the game itself. And I'm sure you want to talk about that. But they feminize it to a point. But while they're building up the trans community up through the roof where they're literally shoving it down our fucking throat. And I got no problem. I got no problem if you're gay. I got no problem if you're a dude who's with a dude, a girl who's with a girl. If you're trans, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear about sex when I'm when I'm judging someone. I don't give a shit. I don't know who you fucked. I don't know who Tony fucked. I don't know who anybody fucked. And I don't care. But what they do is they build up this community that has been, you know, they victimize this community. They build them up so that if this spokesperson, if you attack them, you are now the devil. You are now evil so that everyone needs to just shut the fuck up and sit in line while they perform their mission. I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, she's, I didn't know she was autistic, but yeah, they gave her a script. You get, you get and you get a white girl at that. Uh -huh. You give her a script, you say it, people pay attention to it because now everybody's so sensitive. They can't, they so scared to come out and say, well, this is an agenda because if they, like you said, you look like you're the issue, you're the problem. But this is what they do. They wheel out these they will out these little agendas here and there to try to get you ready to say that there's a climate change. Trust me, there's no climate change. You can't have snow in Mexico, snow in the Middle East, and snowstorms when it's supposed to be desert desert areas, and they're going to tell me it's global warming and climate change. You like People are really dumbed down to what God has always mentioned and God has always said and God has always brought to truth about his world. He, he created it. You're going to tell me some white girl from Sweden know, or Switzerland knows more than the most high? That's how I know this, this world is already preparing itself for the Antichrist and the end of the world. And I can't wait.
yeah, we had the we had the the freeze scares, the global freeze that was going on in the seventies. We got we they, they talk about ninety seven percent of scientists believe in climate change. Yeah, but thirty one thousand scientists also said one, even if it's happening, there ain't shit we could do about it. They leave that part out. It ain't us. And whatever's going on with the weather, whether you think it's going crazy or not, this is a cycle. This happened. Earth has been around for four and a half billion fucking years. Trust me, your plastic bags and straws ain't destroying this thing. You know, it's been through everything in the world. So. But off climate, climate change, back onto the kind of feminization, I see it in Netflix like crazy. I mean, you can't turn a damn Netflix movie on without the lead character either being uh, gay, lesbian, trans, um, you know, just some, some, something that would be perceived as weak back in the day. But if you see a strong African-American man or a strong white man, they're bad in the movie. If they're alpha, they're bad in, in whatever movie you're watching. I mean, basically that, like, but that's what you see. It, it's always, things is always twisting and upside down. Like, I don't really, like, I watch, now I watch movies. I watch my movies just to point at the little inconsistencies and, and the funny things that they put in there to make them sure that, let you know subliminally that they run in it. You always see 13 sevens and sixes. Mm-hmm. You always see uh, a, the devil head. You'll see a unicorn. You, you'll see so much symbolism in movies. Right now. I just literally do it to point at and make fun of it because that's how insecure this whole system is, is they have to always point these things out to you. And, and the drag queen story time, you've seen this, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, they literally bring in, for those of you that don't know, Google it, they're bringing drag queens into basically they're twerking in front of kids. They're wearing skirts. They're riding these kids on their lap. And that shit's just crazy. I mean, I know you have opinions on this cause I saw you tweet about it. So go off on that. Uh, it's, it's just disgusting. You know what I'm saying? It's disgusting. Grown men. Why do grown men want to dress in drag anyway and go hang out with children and read stories that are not necessarily good for the children's, you know, moral compass and and growing up and being children? You know, children have a hardest time trying to find out who they are. You should be one to coach self-love. You should be one to let them be who they want to be. Not sit there and read stories and make up with a beard on about how, women meet women or men meet men or, or your uncle take like it's very pedophilish and that we are at the point in this society that we think this is cute we think this is being woke inclusive cute. right it's not it's disgusting and most of these people don't they don't even go background checks to find out they have themselves to have been victims of their own upbringings you know they're they're victims themselves and they're trying to pass that they're trying to relive what they couldn't you know, adapt to when they were younger, you know, they, that's what they do. They, they like want to impede their own, their own beliefs and systems on these poor children who just want to enjoy being children. They don't care about that sexual stuff, you know, that, that they're trying to push on them. And I think it's disgusting that they let grown adults do that. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I've never, I can't remember at all being nine, 10, 11 years old and having people push sex on me. You know, like no one talked about it. Like they, they almost avoided it. Now they're saying, I, I'm good friends with Lisa Ann. Um, you know, big, big time in the porn industry, moved into fantasy football. She's given speeches now nationally about how they have to upgrade the gates on these porn sites because she's getting approached in malls by 10-year-olds who worship her. And she's looking at them like, how the fuck do you even know who I am? You know, <laughs> meanwhile, these kids could just log on a computer and they're basically just click a button saying they're 18 and they're on porn sites watching girls getting gagged and, and smacked and kicked and spit on. And they think this is, this is normal. They're just sexualizing this whole society of our youth. And that's, you saw it in them, that movie good boys or whatever that movie was that, um, what's his name? I can't think of it right now, but, uh, he did that movie. He did a movie good boys 
And that's what that was basically showing. It was basically showing inappropriate sexual behavior among children. You know, children are now, you get you coaxing children into looking at that stuff. And now it's a free run. Look at Twitter. People get blocked on Twitter by standing there a point, And there's literally people giving each other fellatio, twerking naked, all on Twitter. It's fine. How does that run free? And then people standing up and making a political point or making a social point get blocked and banned. It's yeah, insane to me. It's crazy. I mean, it's literally crazy. And I've had it happen to me when I'm just scrolling through Twitter on the, you know, whether I'm on the subway or if I'm in the mall or something, I'm just flipping through it. And you just see that porn pop up on your timeline with an old lady standing next to you on the grocery store line. You know, that that's fine. But, you know, Alex Jones can't speak because God forbid he might be opening up some eyes to some shit because everyone wants to make him crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as, you know, are there... Are there specific things in the NFL specifically? You know, this is the league you played in. It's the league you dominated for for quite a period of time. Is there stuff in there that's that's bothering you as far as the game itself? Like as far as the game getting more pass oriented, as far as these personal fouls? Do you think this is a part of this process of of this kind of feminization of everything? It is. Everybody knows the the, the ticket sales are down, attendance is down. They're recycling the same lame coaches with losing records. They even hire people who come from non-winning records and non-winning teams from college and around around the league. People are tired of it. People are tired of not getting what they're paid for on the field. You see the same systems. Nowadays, there is no offensive gurus anymore. They all run in the same system, just calling them different plays. And you see the same stuff. It's not like you have to pass it 50 times a game because if you don't, people complain about the game being slow. Well, this is this is not what football was. Football wasn't a run and gun game. It was a game of attrition. It was as a game that I love that they tampered with, and sitting here like all the running backs are basically about to be wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they even put people back there. They should just run no, you know, empty empty backfield and just run run pass plays all the whole time. And I don't get it. And this it's sad to watch because they're always changing the rules. Year after year after year, they change these rules. Now, if you look at the Bilderberg meeting, you know they have these, uh-huh. these little annual meetings they do. Oh, yeah. This, this, this. Why do the NFL and all the owners and coaches always have these meetings before the game? Why? Because they got to tell them, we want this type of play out of you because we need to sell, you know, we need to sell streaming tickets. We need to see, we need to make more money. So how can we do that if everybody's on the same page of always passing the football? Everybody's the same offense. How is this possible? You got 32 teams, all these coaches making millions to run the same offense. Can you even watch it? Because, I mean, even as a, just as a fan, never played at the level that you did. I played in high school. That's about it. I but can't, even, I can't even watch this shit anymore. Like, if it wasn't for the red zone and me having, like, 10 grand a Sunday in play, I couldn't watch this shit. Like, I got to watch in a rapid-fire red zone and just see if my players are scoring and if I'm winning money. But every primetime game is a piece of shit, and it's garbage. Like, what's it like as a former player? It's garbage, man. I can't even I, – I can't remember a game I actually watched and it was like grass stains on people's clothes. That's how weak this game is, and everybody's weak with it. Just sitting here watching people not – and then people getting thrown out and banned for, for hitting now. It's like you want guys – just put two, flag, two, two, two flags on them and just have that. Like right. why even have pads on? You Like this is what the game is. When people signed up to play football, you knew you would get a concussion, broken neck, died or whatever. We still played it. Let me ask you a question. If they're saying, because, you know, obviously concussions and, you know, CTE scares and all that kind of stuff in the NFL, they're talking about how they're trying to protect the players and shit. Why the fuck are they still playing on Thursday? 
If you really care about the player safety, why do you got these guys playing on a Sunday and strapping back up three, four days later they and going and banging their heads? They want to have the they want to have the appearance of that they care. They don't give a shit. You literally had them had a movie come out called Concussion and how Will Smith played that character and them had them basically try to say these things didn't happen. That they basically said concussions and head injuries don't don't ruin players. They literally had a movie about this, and it, it and, and then you see them like they're not. They hey, could care less. They could say, oh, yeah, we're saving players. We don't want them to hit and all that. Please. When those players get out of there and try to get their benefits, trust me, they're going to vote these players' benefits away or control their benefits for these guys that can't live without having their benefits because they have to go through a 50-point process to prove that they are, are mangled and they can't hold down a 9-to-5 job. Please. Where do you, they, they could care less. Where do you see this going 10 years from now, 20 years from now? What do you think we're looking at? I mean, we've seen the NFL, obviously – you know, doing, you know, joining the pride March, you know, launching an LGBT initiative, you know, NFL pride, all this kind of stuff, weakening the rules, softening the play. What's this league going to look like 10, 20 years from now? It's going to look like, it's going to basically look like soccer. Football. It's going to look like flag football in a couple of years. And then it's going to be look like flag football. And then it's going to look dictated. So when you're watching it, it's going to be looking like watching a, a TiVo rerun live. And do you think, do you think, and you don't have to answer this because as someone who played in the league, but do you think that the league, I'm a big conspiracy theorist with this shit. Like, I think NBA games fixed. I think NFL games are fixed. Uh, do you think there's any manipulation from the top in any of these games? Like, oh, we want we want oh, the Warriors to win. We want the Chiefs to win. People see this. Like, I don't know how people don't see this. You really think they'd let four refs from LA come into a come into an NFC team championship game with their city team playing, and you want to think they blew that call just because they blew it? They won't. That makes no sense to me. That would never happen in all of Super Bowls, and 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 ever. No one misses that call. No one, no one would miss that call. And but they miss it. And then he did it the same time same, again with the fumbling thing. Now, if you look at it, the the spiritual level of this, you, you people forget who runs this world. And you're gonna tell me a team with horns on its helmet was gonna ever lose? To a team considered Saints. their name Saints, <laughs> synonymous. With I never Google. thought about that. You really think that I was going to happen in this, this satanic system? They think Saints were going to beat Rams. People who have horns on their helmet. No, nah, this ain't that ain't happening. But people don't see this. People don't see the numbers that they play with. That they they make sure that it comes out where somebody has thirteen or it's a six 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 somewhere. This is how it is. Look at the the halftime show. Now you trying to tell me that halftime show won't be glowing? Oh, all of them. And satanic symbolism, it will be. Oh, God, they all are. I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, if you look every year, I don't know how, like, I tell people before the game, you know, watch this. You're going to see these signs. You're going to see this happen. You're going to see a goat head somewhere. You're going to see the duty. Okay, sign. Give me an example for people to kind of educate them. I've mentioned a couple of them. I mean, even things like numbers, like you look at OBJ, number 13, not a coincidence, right? But when you talk about the symbolism, give the people that are listening right now in the last, you know, 10 minutes we got on here, 15 minutes we got on here, give them some things to look for. So, like, if they're watching the games and they're out there, I mean, obviously you need to follow Larry on Twitter, at 2LarryJohnson7. He's pointing this stuff out all the time. I point it out on Twitter, at Tommy G. But give them some things to look at. What are some of the key signs and things that are kind of satanic that you're going to see in the movies and in sports that they need to keep an eye out for? Uh, let me let me. I'll just keep it basic. Um, right. Yeah, keep it simple. You you'll you'll see you'll see stars. Now you see stars. It's like oh, it's just a stars. No, it's not what it means. Stars don't even look like that in the galaxy. And it's not. You basically looking at like an upside down pentagram. 
Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of double horns when they when it's not when it's not supposed to be double horns. You'll see a lot of okay in in every movie. When you see people talk in movies, wash their hands. Sometimes they'll do it. Watch Stephen Colbert. He does it all the time. He's yeah. the easiest one to pick he up. Does it every time. Um, and why the okay? okay? Let me stop. Let me stop you there for a second. Why the okay? What's the okay mean? The okay means the the six on the last three fingers. It forms a six on each finger. Look it up. I can't show you on the podcast. Right. No, I, I know what you're talking. You make two okay signs. You yeah. can see it you'll now. See, you'll see a lot of things with horns on it. It don't have to be goat. It could be bull. It could be cow. You'll see a lot of cow. You see a lot of horn decorations everywhere. You'll see um, a lot of red and blue, which is you know the opposite thing that these Masonic, Masonic people believe in. You'll see that, and you'll see a lot of checkerboard floors or checkered mm-hmm. designs or a lot of black and white. Red you shoes. Things, yeah, you'll see those things together. That's pretty much telling you that, that it's their show. Um, that's kind of, I would say that look for those things first. I would say look look for those things. It's pretty, very easy to, to pick out. Just look at the backgrounds of movie sets. Just look out where play, people are set. Either stepped in circles with stars in them, or basically just come out and show you that what they what they are. But usually just start start off with the slow stuff, and you'll baby pick that up. Watch a Taylor Swift music video. Oh she, my god, it's flitted <laughs> with all it's, yeah, there's a bad. all that stuff that's in there. That's the easiest thing. And, and that's and that's what's crazy that it's in plain sight and it's usually the people that are you know going the closest to the children that are talking. But I'm to saying, kids. but I, I I say I would say this during this whole awakening, they know we know they won't change it, and I, and we're not stopping anything. All we are trying to do with y'all guys, with you guys, is to keep you spiritually awakened or woke, so you don't become part of the system and fight. Like you know how embarrassing it is for grown me seeing grown adults arguing and fighting over what I said about Megan is like, she could defend herself. Right. People who are defending other people, they will never meet and have never brought them into this world. They are defending tooth and nail. I don't want anybody here to, to be those type of people where if you see something about somebody you, you're a fan of, it's you can be a fan of these people, but don't take it to a point where you got to defend them and you got to come on Twitter. You got to make all these these posts and stuff saying a lot of disgusting stuff about people's past and all this stuff. It does nothing for one. It don't do nothing to me. Like you can't really, it's nothing you can say that I haven't already said to myself. So this, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to wake you up so you don't get tr- caught into a system where you find yourself arguing over a Taylor Swift video, or you're arguing or fighting over a football team. Like I've seen a lot of my friends get banned because they can't stop arguing over football. Like mm-hmm. I, you're a grown man. You, you, there's other things in this world that will give you so much pleasure than, than trapping yourself into the system, and that's where they want you. They want you engaged in their system, so you make money. They make money off you arguing all the time, and you're really missing what life is really supposed to be about. Yeah, and it's it's fine. I try to tell people, I'm like, you're not going to wake people up. Some of these people are too close minded to even understand what the hell is going on out there. You can't, like you said, you can't try to change everybody. The thing that I try to do, I always say on this podcast, I know you feel the same exact way without even ever talking to you about it, is I'm not here to tell you what to think. You're not here to tell people what to think. We're here to open up your eyes. You know, I don't necessarily believe 100% of what you think. You don't believe 100% of what I think, right? There's certain areas where we cross, where we believe and we're very strongly about, but do your own research. You know, if you hear some stuff about symbols that we're talking about right now, and you want to go learn more about it, go online, dig a little bit. One of the things that I want to kind of end with here that you talked about that I think is the key to all this, you mentioned blood sacrifices a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mentioned it a bunch of times, but I never went into it on the pod. I thought it was too dark for the episode one and episode two. Mm-hmm. But explain to people as someone who was you got to remember, Larry was 
in the elite, still is in the elite, one of the greatest running backs of all time, was at the parties with Jay-Z, was, was dating celebrity, like, in the inner circle. So when you start talking about this stuff, it has a hell of a lot more weight than me sitting in my damn office talking about it, who's never been to any of these parties, done any of this stuff. But talk about these blood sacrifices. What goes on with these elites that you know about that, that really is the center of all this? It's, it's like I said, if people look up ancient Babylonian worship, they do the same thing they've been doing now. They've been doing the same thing eons ago. And that's what they do. Back in the day, people don't understand how brutal Babylonian days were. They would take their children, their newborn children, throw them into a fiery bull or fiery uh, wolf or whatever, like or whatever they they put together a deity they put together in wooden stone and they would set the fire so hot you would burn literally standing next to it they would sacrifice their own children to babylonian gods and if you don't think that story carries on in today into this these secret societies it does it need they need to plead they need your they call i got this from john wick they need to they need to pledge your fealty you know they mm-hmm. need to see how loyal you are that yep. you won't you won't go away from us that you will one day say wake up and say hey you know what uh, I want to change. Like, no, no, no. We got you on tape. We got you right. doing this and that. That is what they do. They have to, when it's, their time comes, they have to give a blood sacrifice. So we're dumbed down to the point where people who, when celebrities, friends, or families die, we're like, oh man, it's so bad for them. No. And when they when they do it overload and they show you who's dying, they have to own it. So, so you take a, a celebrity, uh, say their cousin died. Usually you'll see them taking the pictures with the cousin before this time happens They'll die. They'll say, oh, my cousin died. So everybody feels sorry for the celebrity, for their family member dying. This is how this is how they ever elevate into that world of commerce. This is how they get those deals. This is how they get from from 20 million to 50 million. They say, well, they sacrifice a a child. And that's what it is. It's child sacrifice. That stuff never, never died since then. It's just a way to to keep people in the system. Mind you, it doesn't matter to us if they do it or not. But it is a sickening thing that your favorite celebrities, the fans that you argue out, fight for on Twitter and all this, dying to meet and have their autograph, are behind the doors worshiping devils and sacrificing their loved ones just to stay famous. Start looking into how many hundreds of thousands of children go missing. Start looking into John of God, who had a sex farm with young girls and children that he was selling off to elites around the world. Look into adrenochrome, right? Like, I'm sure you know a ton about adrenochrome and how mm-hmm. they take this children's blood. Let me, let me, let me speak on that real quick. Yeah, go. Look at this, look, look at this as adrenochrome as far as, okay, so adrenochrome is a drug is when you, when you, you get a child and you extract blood, the child is going through extreme fear. That is how adrenochrome works. They don't just eject blood or plasma. It's when a child is, is that, is that extremely horrified and in fear and scared. Now, adrenaline, adrenaline levels, right? Yeah, adrenaline levels. Now, take this to Monsters Club. That movie was about scaring children and extracting their screams. Now, that is how they put it in front of you. The monsters, the M, had an all eye on it. Now, monsters, they basically tell you what they do. They scare the children to fill up those little canisters. That's what the, that's, they just show you what they do. They scare children just to extract that adrenochrome and then they drink it or whatever they do. And this is real. This isn't bullshit. Like that's like when I tell this to people, they're like, oh, you're talking, this shit is real. This is, you can, it's in science that they can show you the chemicals to make it. And you know, adrenochrome is basically like the highest high, right? Like it's for those people who can't get high. You know, you talked about how you party a lot. I partied a lot. You know, when you get to the point where you're just numb to everything and you got to take so much just to get a high, 
you know, all these celebrities, you know, you see it happening all the time. This is that next level elitist top 0.01% high that you can't get your hands on. They scare the shit out of little kids, get their adrenaline levels up, pull the blood out, and then that's their drug. They eat fear and loathing in Las Vegas. They have a clip in fear and loathing where he takes adrenochrome. It's but, about Hunter S. Thompson, who else, who also was Hunter, doing yeah. snuff films. Who's doing yep. snuff films? Like, this is how sick these people are. Y'all, people really think, like, it's this shit is like candy laying out here. I mean, think about it. When's the last time you heard about Epstein on the news? They buried that quickly, just like right? they buried that, that Las dead. Vegas shooter. They buried the Las Vegas shooter. Fucking one-year anniversary, two-year anniversary was just the other day. Haven't heard a thing about that. Nothing. Fucking Weinstein, I mean, was all over the news for a week and a half. This dude's about to get off. Like, he's about to get off clean with all this. And, and they're just burying it and burying it and burying it. But I, I just don't understand how people can see X Epstein, who was, no one knows how the fuck he got his money. He got his money through blackmail, right? Like, that's basically how he got all his money. Through blackmail yeah, and bribery. I, you know, I think I think it was more than that. I think he was more like uh, a, a go-between to that little island he had. It's a go-between to do nasty, disgusting stuff, and people paid him to stay relevant. It's like a little Westworld. To be the go-behind, to be, to be the go-between guy that he had the young girls. So they right. paid him top dollar, and he had that island. So basically, it was that he was the connection to go to that island to do whatever they wanted, like yep. it was Babylon, and then bounce out like nothing happened. They, they, they kept him relevant that way. Yeah, and you see the travel logs with the Clintons and the and princes and Saudi and you know, everybody on there. But uh, anyway, Larry, I got one last question for you here. Are you yeah. still a Chiefs fan? You still root your ass up for the Chiefs? Or are you kind of agnostic? Uh, I don't know. I, they, they, I mean, I, I, I still like the Chiefs. I like watching them play. But they really taking they, this world is really going Patrick Mahomes crazy. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I see it so many. It's not like I'm a hater, but damn, they take it way. They take it to a whole new level with worship. Well, that's I, mean, I like watching right? them play and and hope they win and go to the Super Bowl. But as right now, it's just I'm in a different part of my life where spirituality, where I, you know, I just can't involve myself in worshiping teams and watching games and doing other things anymore. I mean, I wish I could. Like when they say ignorance is bliss, man, it really is. It really I is. Just, it's just it's hard for me to watch these games knowing that these outcomes always going to have some way got to do with Tom Brady winning some weird come behind game or whatever and end up you know losing in the super bowl or something like that it's like a it's like a scripted show talk to me a little bit before you go about uh motivational edge that you're a part of what you're doing over there and uh and how people can find you over there. uh it's basically helping kids out artistically a lot of kids come from broken homes they come from foster homes they come from uh communities where there's a lot of violence and some of these kids are very very talented artistically and they're just trying to find their way just trying to release some of the attention and pressure that they they have to go through being children in this society. And I mean, I, I would love people just to donate $5. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not even asking for tens and 15,000s of dollars. I mean, we have a campus uh, and everything. We have all the necessary stuff we have, but if you can donate five or $10, like trust me, 20,000 people listening or whatever can donate $5, $5 each. I mean, that'd be the world to us. Like we're not trying to break the bank, but we're just still trying to get keep these kids off the street and really we're trying to keep these kids out of Satanism as as far as I'm concerned. And that's motivationaledge.org. So head over there, uh, support Larry, support the podcast. I'll be donating the second we get off here. Um, Larry, I really appreciate you coming on, bro. Uh, guys, if you want to, you have to follow him. Not if you want to. You got to follow. I don't care if you believe what he says. You don't believe. He's the most entertaining tweeter right now, and he's probably the most woke who's going to enlighten you and actually teach you something on Twitter instead of just dumbing around looking at dumb shit. But at 2LarryJohnson7, I think it's the same on Instagram, right? At 2LarryJohnson7 yeah. on Instagram too. So check him out. Give him a follow. 
Uh, Larry, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Really appreciate you, and let's do this again soon, bro. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, for letting me on. All right, that's about it for the show. Conspiracy episode number five in the books. I know we were trying to walk you guys out baby steps with uh, climate change and 9-11 and Vegas and moon landing, but uh, we went at it here. So we went right right to the heart of the beast. So uh, I'm sure a lot of you are out there sitting with your head spinning, wondering what the fuck is going on, thinking we're all nuts. But uh, all I would encourage you guys to do uh, do your own research. Look into this stuff. A lot of the Satanism stuff Larry's talking about, I fully 100% believe in. I believe it's rampant everywhere. You know, we don't necessarily have to agree 100% on every single thing, but I am 100% on the same page that there is a lot of Satanism going on. There's a lot of elite communities out there, whether it's Epstein or others, where there's some deep, dark shit going on around. A lot of it has to do with children. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the Clintons, too. But make sure you guys... Uh, Make sure you guys do your research, all right? Just stay on top of this shit. Keep tuning in. Download, subscribe. We need those subscriptions, guys. Hit the subscribe button. Log off this podcast right now. Hit the subscribe button. It'll notify you every time a new podcast drops, and it helps us get into that top 20. We made it into the top 50. I'm trying to get into the top 20, so appreciate all the help. The bigger we get, the higher we go, the more better guests we can get, and big stars like Larry Johnson on here uh, doing, uh, doing shows with us, so... Appreciate you guys tuning in. Go write a review. I don't care if it's good or bad. Just write something. And uh, get over to EliteFantasy.com. Those of you who play fantasy football, Daily Fantasy, DFS, EliteFantasy.com. Me and my squad over there crushing DraftKings and Fandle on a week-to-week basis. Promo code for Larry here, LJ20. So use promo code LJ20 for 20% off EliteFantasy.com. And those sports gamblers out there, get over to EliteSportsBetting.com. Uh, we just gave out a couple winners last night. About to give out a couple more tonight in these baseball games. We got football packages, baseball, MMA, hockey just started, golf, VIP plans, monthly plans, daily plans, you name it. EliteSportsBetting.com. EliteSportsBetting.com. Use the same promo code, LJ20, for 20% off. So I uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in. Let me get the fuck out the way so you can get on with your lives. Good luck. Stay questioning.